Welcome to You Are Not Broken, the only podcast that combines science, medicine, and psychology to re-educate your brain and help you live your best love life. And I'm your host, board-certified female urologist, Dr. Casperson. Okay, you guys, we are back with Jen Mason, owner of Wink Wink, which is the sex boutique in my town. And she has so much knowledge about all the things sex-related, like this woman combines like psychology, sexuality, biology, like all of the things and is just so curious and engaging that I can't help but do another podcast with her because we are in her shop today and we are talking all about sex toys. So sex toys, oh my gosh, there is just this big stigma about sex toys of like, I'm not the person, I don't use sex toys, right? Or like people have all these beliefs about sex toys. So can you give us an overview, just like what's the point of sex toys? Yeah, I mean, sex toys are, they're toys, they're supposed to be fun, um, and they are an accessory to the sex and intimacy that you're having. So I say they're kind of like spices when you're cooking. It's like you can cook a meal and um, not use any spices, or you can cook a meal and just use the salt and pepper you've used your whole life, but there are other options, and it may be fun to add in some spices every once in a while, or to, you know, add in oregano every time you cook. And so... Sex toys are just a, they're just an added thing to our play and um, they're just sensations. They help our bodies to experience different sensations that um, aren't provided in other ways. And I think going back, like just to ground, you know, the conversation for people is like to go back to like the point of sex and sexual intercourse is pleasure, Mm -hmm. you know, and if we come back to what the whole point of this is, is you don't need to use any toys if you don't want to. You don't need to use a certain type of toy. There's no rules about this. Mm -hmm. It's all about pleasure and sex toys are there for pleasure. And I think, you know, when you look at the data on orgasmic inequality and heterosexual relationships, you see that women in those relationships have fewer orgasms or sensations of pleasure than the men do. And I think toys are a way to kind of level that playing field Mm -hmm. in a way. And the other thing that is so big right now is this talk about desire and this talk about low desire. And if you're having bad sex, bad sex meaning painful or not pleasurable or not satisfying, you don't want to have sex if it's not pleasurable. So adding a vibrator or toys into your bedroom is a way to kind of, again, level that playing field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I support any way that people can experience pleasure and to experience the sensations and their body that they want to have and um, sex toys can be a great way to do that. Do you think people would be less intimidated by sex toys if they got conversations about it earlier in life? Absolutely. I absolutely think so. I think that for some people, they're not introduced to sex toys until something is going, quote, wrong. And often it's not that actually anything is going wrong. It's that we, you know, maybe didn't have the education that we that we should have had. And so for some people, it's, it's like, oh, well, um, I was only introduced to the idea of vibrator because I wasn't having an orgasm because of this. And it's like sex toys are actually... There, there's nothing wrong with using them. And I, I think that um, introducing them, talking about them as a, another way of experiencing pleasure earlier on and before we get to when there's an issue or what we perceive as an issue um, would be really helpful. I love that. I'd never thought about that. That's how they're introduced most of the time. Yeah. That's amazing. I th- you know, I think another thing that people are resistant to is like, well, when I was 18, I didn't have to use a sex toy. And that concept of maybe having to do something different now than I had to use when I was er- when I was younger, like our hormones change, our bodies change, it, 
and then our relationships too of like mm-hmm. we're not in that you know brand new everything is crazy exciting relationship we're in that long-term relationship mm-hmm. right and so I think there's this big resistance to like I didn't have to use it so I don't want to use it now right and I, I you know I think there's that and I also hear from people a lot that it's like well if I'm using a toy then that replaces my partner and it's like no your partner is oh oh your partner is a you know, they're a warm body and their intimacy and their, you know, they may be love or they may be lust or they may be all of these different things, their hands and mouths and all of this stuff. That is not a toy is, a, you know, a piece of silicone that recharges or has batteries in it. It doesn't replace a person in any way. And um, don't give your toys that power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's also, you know, the other thing too is that, you know, some people say, well, um, they have concerns or maybe some people even feel like they've had the experience of like, well, I started using a vibrator and now my partner, you know, they don't get me off or it takes longer with my partner. What I think is usually actually happening there is they were maybe not actually achieving orgasm before or not having very strong orgasms or, and now they've realized, oh, there's this accessory that exists that feels really good or gets me to an orgasm faster or like, I now know for sure I'm having an orgasm and that kind of shifts the way that they're thinking about maybe penetrative sex or play with their partner. And so, um, again, it's not, it's not a replacement for, it's not a replacement for a person. It's just a different sensation. So I love it. What about people's worries about I'm going to get dependent on a sex toy? Yeah. I mean, um, sex toys feel really, really good. And so, you know, if, if you like the feel of a vibration, you may feel like, okay, I really want to incorporate that into sex. Wanting to incorporate toys, um, into sex frequently is not a dependency. Um, and also if people, you know, sometimes people feel like, well, now I only have one way that I like to get off. And it's like, you may want to back off of your toys and work on building your intimacy again in another way. Um, sometimes toys feel so good. It can be really easy to just grab the toy and use it and, and, and do it fast and efficiently instead of having all of that time with your partner, um, or with yourself to really explore and play and have, um, pleasure for pleasure's sake. So you're not going to be dependent. It doesn't like change how your system responds to sensations, but I do, you know, if people feel like they're getting to a point where all they want is the toy and they don't want the other thing it's like maybe give your toys a little bit of a break or bring them in later in the game and um really work on sensation building with your partner instead I love it. I love it. Another thing that I see a lot, especially in the heterosexual relationships, is women's belief of like, well, I should only be, I only have so many erotic episodes in me a week, so I should save those to be with my partner, and so I shouldn't have any erotic episodes by myself. Yeah, that's not really how bodies work. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, I think erotic experiences build erotic experiences. So the more we're experiencing the erotic, the more we want to experience the erotic. And I think that particularly self-pleasure gives us lots of information. It helps us to understand our bodies. It helps us to get into the practice of being in an erotic space. Um, It helps build the erotic into our everyday life. And so um, I think that there's a lot of really good things actually about building pleasure into our lives more frequently. I don't think that we we need to like hoard those experiences for certain times. There's not like a, there's not, there's not a, uh, like a quota or something, you know, 
there's not going to be a limit of how many you can experience. So I love it. I love it. Okay, let's dive in. Yeah. Let's see. Should we, like, I'm like, how should we catalog these? Let's do non-motorized first. Okay. And then we'll go to external and then we'll go to internal. Okay. So non-motorized first. Um, so I have here... <laughs> Just like uh, a, a regular dildo. Um, a lot of times when people think of sex shops, they just think of dildos. Um, and in fact, I have a lot of people who come into the shop and they call everything in the shop a dildo. Um, a dildo is specifically generally something that is non-motorized and is used for insertion. And I say usually like an in and out insertion. So not something that you put in and then just leave there like a plug or something. Um, we have There are dildos that come in all different shapes and sizes from really, really, really small ones to ones that are quite large, um, some that are lengthier, some that are girthier, um, all, all different ones. And so um, if you like internal stimulation, um, or maybe you're using this, um, maybe you don't have a biological penis, and so you're wanting to, but you're wanting to provide your partner with stimulation, a dildo is a good way to go. Fantastic. Can you have more than one dildo in your house? You can have lots of dildos in your house. And there are lots of different reasons um, that people might have multiple different dildos, um, different sizes that feel good in different places. Um, there are ones that are made, like we sell ones that are made of glass. It sounds dangerous, but it's essentially like Pyrex. Um, glass, stainless steel, different shapes, um, different sizes, you know, so they're all going to provide a different sensation. Awesome. Cool. Okay, what's next? Uh, okay, so other non-motorized ones that I have, I have um, cock rings or C rings here, and um, these are non-motor or non-vibrating ones. And so what these are designed to do is they go around the base of the penis and um, are designed to be worn while having an erection, and they keep blood in the penis, so they can make for harder, longer-lasting erections, and they can make for stronger orgasms. Um, there are all different, again, all different shapes and materials and sizes of these are sort of easiest. Well, we have two easy ones to use. I have right in front of me two kind of beginners ones. One of them is adjustable, so you can adjust it to pretty much any size. And that can be a nice way for people to start if they're not sure if they're going to like it, they're worried about it being too tight, you can adjust it. Um, there are also ones that are just really stretchy and so you can put them on um, pretty easily because they stretch out pretty large. They also make ones that are made though out of like stainless steel and all different types of materials. The thing to know about these rings is you don't want to wear them for too long. There can be dangers in wearing these rings for a very long time. Um, and so um, the ones that we generally sell are sort of the safest, the least risky to use. Um, using ones like stainless steel uh, and materials that don't give, you just can't get them off very easily. And then you need a urologist. And then you, <laughs> and then you get to meet me. Right. So we have ones that are like pose the least amount of risks. You can take them off anytime. Um, you don't have to wait for the erection to go down to get them off. Um, but they can be really, they can be a really nice experience for folks. Perfect. The urologist, my safety, safety, <laughs> right? The safety dog. I wouldn't do anything metal, but that, I mean, yeah. I'm completely biased, right? Yeah. Like I've actually had to come in on a weekend to try to figure out how to cut metal off of penises using diamond tip drill bits. So like, that's my life, right? So I'm like, I, if I saw you have a metal one here, I'd be like, okay, there's just more work for me someday. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, we only sell ones that are made out of, out of silicone, which um, pose a, a lot less risk. 
risks. Lot of risks. <laughs> so if you have a penis that doesn't have any erectile dysfunction issues, can they still use cock rings? Definitely. Yeah. Cock rings can, um, cock rings can help somebody to last longer, which somebody might want to last longer just for fun. Um, and they can also make for like harder penises and stronger uh, orgasms. And so there can be fun with that. The other thing is some um, cock rings are designed to just go around the base of the penis. Some of them go around the testicles and the penis. Um, kind of comes down to like a personal preference of how somebody would like to have the experience. And so um, especially for somebody that might have it around their testicles and penis, that's going to feel pretty different. And so with any of the toys, it's like, here's, you know, what is common people commonly experience is a harder erection or stronger orgasms. But, um, you know, the goal for most toys is just something that feels really good. And so if a cock ring feels really good, certainly you can use it. Awesome. All right, moving on. All right. So um, I guess uh, back on a motor, one more, one oh, more vibrating one. Okay. Yeah, I forgot. I brought a vibrating cock ring. So the cock rings we just talked about um, really benefit the person, the penis owner, and they benefit um, in terms of having an erection. There's also a, a toy that is a vibrating cock ring. And so it has the, the um, circle part where you would insert the penis and it's still pretty snug, but then the top of it has this motor in it and that has a vibration. And so what 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 that does is when the person who um, has the penis is wearing it and they're having penetrative play with the partner, the vibration will actually touch their partner's clitoris. And so that can be really fun for couples to use because it's um, providing the stimulation for the person who has the penis, but it's also providing stimulation uh, for the other person's clitoris. And so that can be a really fun um, kind of couples toy to use. Awesome. I yeah. think the other thing you know we didn't talk about with with sex toys is how it can help people with disabilities or mm -hmm. with physical limitations as yeah. far as I can't reach a certain angle or I yeah. can't do both penetration and clitoral stimulation at the same time. So it can actually be very empowering for people who say, hey, that's what I need, but my body alone doesn't let me do that. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, anything that you can wear um, that can be used hands-free is great for folks with, with disabilities. So cool. Okay, what else do you got? All right, so now I have, I'm looking at our vibrators, which vibrators are what we sell the most of in our store by far, vibrators and books. So so I, I think a lot of people think about vibrators as like dildos that vibrate, but yeah. there's so many different types of vibrators that don't even look at all like dildos. Yep, one of the hardest parts of our jobs here is figuring out of the thousands upon thousands of vibrator options that exist in the world, which ones we should carry because we, we only have space for maybe 25, 30 different options, but there are uh, just thousands of different vibrators. Do you know how many different companies there are? Oh my gosh, I have no idea, but it is a lot. Yeah. Um, they have trade shows. They have, oh my, yeah, trade shows. And with where you, more vibrators than you can even take in. Like it's just so many different ones. Um, and there's, you know, all different factors when you're looking at a vibrator. It's like, you know, are you using it internally or externally? Uh, what is the, what does the motor feel like? Is it kind of buzzy or is it kind of rumbly? What material is it made of? What shape is it? What size is it? How much does it weigh? You know, all of these different things that you think about when you're using a vibrator and it can also can can feel kind of overwhelming when you're looking at them which I think is nice about us being a small shop is it's like uh, a, a smaller amount of options. Yeah I think that's nice about in for people who don't live here is that your website is like you have curated the selection of like these are the ones that, that she thinks are good high quality. The old school magic wand is still uh, you, 
pretty unrivaled in its power. It has a nice deep rumbly motor in it and is really, really strong. And so for people who have a difficult time achieving an orgasm, a magic wand can be a really great way to go. You can always put, um, you can always put layers between yourself and the magic wand. Um, and the other thing to know about the magic wand, because I hear this a lot in the shop, is if you are imagining what a magic wand looks like, you know, it has a nice, really long kind of body and then this big bulbous head on it. That bulbous head is not meant to be inserted. Um, and because we don't talk a lot about vibrators and how to use them, there's a lot of folks who feel like that's that's how you're supposed to use it. You actually just hold the handle, kind of you hold it upside down and you use that bulbous head um, externally. So it's not designed to go inside of yourself. Awesome. That's good to know because if you look at it, you'll be like, that's yeah. just good to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it scares a lot of people when they think they're supposed to put it inside. And I'm like, nope, please don't try doing yep. that. <laughs> cool, cool. What else yeah. do you have? So um, in terms of other external options, which external options tend to be, um, in our shop, they, they're often the most popular because a lot of times when people are looking for a vibrator, they're looking for something that vibrates on their clitoris. And so the other option, it's like on the complete opposite end of the scale from the magic wand are little bullet vibrators. They're really quite small, just a couple inches long and um, really small, really discreet, lightweight. Um, and they are, you know, you can just put those on, on the clitoris as well. Um, and then there are little handheld ones. The Dame Palm um, is one that we really, Palm, P-O-M, um, that fits into the palm of your hand. And then you can use it to um, put on your clitoris, nipples, wherever feels really good for your body. Awesome. Yeah. Um, there's also some new options, newer options that exist on the market, and these are called clitoral suction vibrators, which I actually think is not a great term for them because people think suction like it's like a suction cup. Um, this is the this is the satisfier, but there's a lot of other brands, the Womanizer, the WeVibe Melt that exist, and what they do is you put them right on the clitoris. They have just a tiny bit of suction, um, and so they draw a little bit of blood into the clitoris, and then they use an air pulsing um, that almost creates like a tapping sensation. And so they're really concentrated on clitoral stimulation um, and they can be a really nice feeling for people. I've heard folks say that they almost um, simulate like oral sex where it's like a little bit of suction and a little bit of tapping. I think there, I think a lot of people haven't heard about these. Like how new are they? Oh, Womanizer was the original brand that um, that came out with these. And gosh, I, I don't know if maybe maybe for the last five years mm -hmm. um, that they've come out. Now there's, of course, a million different options for them with all different kind of strengths and shapes of the head on the on the vibrator. But, um, but uh, you know, we see a lot of people in the shop who uh, they tend to either love or hate them, but there's a lot of people who love, who love, love, love that style of vibrator. Yeah, yeah. Look into it because I think it's, it's one of the newer things as far as like yeah. what's new <laughs> in the yep. sex toy world. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What do you got? What's this last? Yeah. Guy? So this is another um, option that we have, which is a G-spot vibrator. So while we have a lot of external clitoral vibrators, we also sell vibrators that are for internal use. And we also have some that can have both internal and external use. Some people have heard of like rabbit vibrators. Um, and that's where it has two kind of prongs on it that can be used both internally and externally. Um, this one is a G-spot vibrator. 
which um, just means it has kind of a straight body with a curve at the end and it's designed to be used internally. So putting it inside of you and hitting the G spot, which I'm sure you could talk all about the G spot and whether or not it's a, whether, whether or not it's a real thing <laughs> or not. I know. So that's what I'm always like, this is a, a vibrator that can stimulate the G spot. If in fact that it is exists. a thing that <laughs> I think, I think we're like the most, you know, uh, experts, but the people who agree, like the G spot is an area, right? So what people mean by G spot is the anterior vaginal wall. So behind that is the, uh, clitoral urethral complex. And then behind that's the bladder. So it's the anterior top side of the vagina and it's just a little bit inside the vagina. So not deep. So that's a G spot. So like anatomically, can I go cut out a G spot? In surgery no right but i can i can point and say this is where the g-spot is so i think if you think about it as like a location mm-hmm. rather than like a distinct organ right. uh and then everybody wins and everybody agrees that it's a thing <laughs> totally yes absolutely and from you know when we're talking about toys and penetration um some people feel like well everybody you know has a g-spot that feels amazing and that's like the the pinnacle of orgasms and the pinnacle place of the body and it's like yeah some people like having sensations on that part of their body and some people it doesn't do much for them so if you're using a vibrator that's supposed to hit the quote g-spot it's and that doesn't feel great for you there's nothing wrong with you there's Um, nothing wrong with you guys right right. you're not broken right so yeah internal vibrators can be really nice one thing to think about also is if you're shopping for a vibrator um, you know, vibrators, sex toys are an industry like any other. So this is a G-spot vibrator. So they market it that way. There is no reason that you cannot use this vibrator on your clitoris. So I just, I know that's the opposite of what my job should be doing of selling people lots and lots of different toys. But, um, but I always really, I encourage people to look at like safe off-label uses, which this is an easy one. It's like, this says G-spot. Well, you just don't put it inside of you and put it on your clitoris and suddenly now it's an external vibrator. So, um, you have a lot of options when you're looking at toys. Um, particularly if you have a G-spot vibrator that you can really use it um, anywhere except anally. So. I, I love that. I think the other thing, you know, for people is like, people will be like, well, this is the vibrator you have to have, or this is the vibrator for beginners. It's like, no, there's no, no. rules. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, sometimes the what's marketed as beginner's vibrators are really like weak cheaper vibrators and um what that can sometimes do is give the impression to people oh well i don't really like vibrators very much and it's like well no it's just because that was not a very good vibrator (laughs) and so sometimes um if if it's within people's um you know uh economic comfort um if they can afford it i encourage people who are buying first-time vibrators to actually get a really nice vibrator because um starting with something that doesn't work very well it's like you know well, it can give you the impression that you don't like them. Well, it's kind of like going to the hardware store and buying a cheap tool. Right. And then when you get your hands on a good tool, you're like, oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what the investment is for. I think the other piece of that is women prioritizing that their pleasure is actually worth something. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to buy the cheapest toys. It's not, it's like you can get the Cadillac of vibrators and your body deserves that. You deserve that. Um, getting something that actually makes you feel really, really good is you are, you are worth it. Your pleasure is worth it. I love it. Thank you so much for meeting with us. I would love to do this again. Thank you so much. Awesome. So 
So just in time for the holidays, we had an episode about toys. I think it's perfect. So here's the deal about toys, you guys. Toys will not change your love life. It'll not change you or your partner. They're just little extra things, little extra piece of spice in your meal. So you can't get dependent on them. They're just like tools in your toolbox to make life more interesting. Because remember, one of my underlying theses of thesis, theses <laughs> of female sexual wellness is that a lot of women are having boring sex. And so toys are just one way to kind of spark up the boringness of the sex. So come to my master class is starting in January. It's six weeks and registration is now online on my website, kellycaspersonmd.com. We're going to do six live coaching sessions and then a lot of pre-recorded videos already. And then we're going to continue monthly for an entire year. So price for live sessions cannot be beat. Come spend time with an expert. I'll see you there. Love you.